0: The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians, who acknowledge these with their lips and walk out the door and deny them by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, Keith McKenzie, and this is Session 5 in our uh, Kingdom Parable Study in Matthew Chapter 13. Uh, Last week, we discussed the uh, parable of the wheat and tares, and uh, this week, we're going to go into the parable of the mustard seed, which is found in Matthew Chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, and it's very short. But it is very important uh, what we have here. So let's go ahead and take this session uh, before the Lord in prayer. And um, Father, we just give you thanks and praise for today. We thank you, Lord, that uh, we're learning, Lord, that uh, you're the one who gives us both eyes and ears, that we might both see and hear what the Spirit has to say to us, Father. We just ask that you would... uh, Help us to understand this word, this parable that uh, you spoke, Lord, that it both reveals and conceals to those, whether they are the household of unbelief or the household of faith. So, Father, we just ask you would bless this time and uh, just help us to understand your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into Matthew chapter 13. And verse 31, another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown up, it is among the greatest among the herbs and becomes a tree." so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Alright, so let's go ahead and break this down. We're only talking two verses here, but there's a lot more here than meets the eye at first glance. The entire purpose of this study here on the uh, kingdom parables is in light of what we've been talking about over the last few sessions on how Uh, A kingdom now in dominion theology would interpret this scripture as, let's see, we got the kingdom of heaven unto like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Now, and, and it says, which is indeed the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it becomes the greatest among the herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodges in the branches thereof. Now, the last um, few sessions we we discussed some of the uh, answer key in uh, understanding these parables is in information that's already found in the Bible, information that has already been given by the Lord himself in the uh, first two parables that we discussed, the parable of the sower and the parable of the wheat and the tares. The man in this parable is is the Lord again, and his yield is the world, as we read before. Now, a mustard seed is so small; it looks like a a pepper fleck. In um, it, it is so small, so when you're looking at it, it, is indeed the Lord says it's very small, and what this Gets um, sometimes interpreted as the um, as the gospel, as the church is is small in its beginning, but it's going to take over the world. It becomes this least thing, but it's going to grow up and become this giant tree that uh, fills the whole world. And you know, this is what we want to do is we want to illustrate here that this is really not what this parable is speaking to. Okay, now the tree, if we remember from the, the the first um couple of parables, the uh birds, remember the birds that uh lodged in the trees and the bird that came and um you know snatched away that which was sown In the heart of the the believer or the, uh, sorry, the unbeliever, the hard heart, the heart by the the wayside, the the seed that's cast by the wayside. And so here, what we want to do is go ahead and break this down a little bit. This least of all the seeds is true. But, and see right here where it says in verse 32, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among the herbs. Now, if you've ever seen... Uh, a mustard um it's a it's an herb okay and it's it's more like a bush and not a tree and it, it flowers yellow and there's probably knee-high waist-high tops now mustard in its pure form is extremely pungent and it's a very powerful um spice and the idea is uh Jesus, as we mentioned before, is the creator. So when he uses these illustrations, these parables, there's a, a lot of hidden truth here in this thing. And so what I want to do is I want to illustrate is this, this um, herb becomes a tree. Okay, now herbs and trees are separate. Herbs do not become trees. And that is the thing that we're going to look at here. So let's go ahead and go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 when the Lord was creating. And he began to, in in chapter 1, verse 11, let's find it. uh, We have, and God said, let the earth bring forth grass the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And so we see here that the, um, the herbs and the trees, the fruit yielding trees, and the grass are separate. These are separate and distinct uh, creations. Verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass and the herb-yielding seed after its kind, and the tree-yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. So we have different um, kinds here. We have different species of, uh, you know, uh, plants going on here. We have grass. We have herbs, the different kind of herbs. So that's another class. And then we have the fruit trees, uh, and, you know, yielding seed after their kind. So that is another class. And the Lord repeats this um, again in verse 29. So we have this three times in the first chapter. The Lord makes a distinction here. And I'm going to go ahead and read verse 29, Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in with which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat, which means food. And so we see here that three times the Lord makes a distinction in the very first chapter of Genesis, making a distinguish, distinguishing between herbs. So I have a, a garden at home, and we have an herb garden, Okay. And then we have, um, you know, some fruit. We have some blueberry bushes. And, you know, we're going to be planting a a mini orchard soon. So those will be uh, trees yielding fruit after their kind. So what I want to demonstrate here is the idea is the Lord here says that this herb, okay, which is the greatest among the herbs, the, the idea here that he's conveying is... The greatest among the herbs is a strong, a pungent uh, herb. Herbs are not trees, all right? We are indeed supposed to yield fruit unto the Lord. And what we want to see here is this um, verse 32 back over in Matthew chapter 13, right? We have... That the, the herb, when it is grown, is the greatest among the herbs, right? That's separate from being a tree. And becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches thereof. So, there's another very, very popular tree, okay, in the scriptures. In Daniel, okay, uh, there's a vision, That uh, King Nebuchadnezzar has. I believe this is his second vision. Daniel chapter 4. And I want to locate that. Get a different Bible today. So it's not as easy for me to navigate uh, in this Bible as my normal Bible. This is like my mini, my little compact Bible. And uh, Daniel chapter 4 verse 10 we're going to find um this is a dream and uh Nebuchadnezzar is looking for a um another interpretation. We already had the uh the dream that back in Daniel chapter 2 on uh the 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 image, the great image that uh Nebuchadnezzar had here in Daniel chapter 4 verse 10 um Nebuchadnezzar has another dream, and in verse 10 it says, Thus were the visions of mine head in my bed, okay, this is Nebuchadnezzar, and I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great. Now this tree here represents Babylon and the Babylonian system, okay, which um, if you've ever done a uh, cursory uh, study of Babylon and the Babylonian priesthood, And all the pagan practices that come with that. This was the origin um, here. Was um, not only here. But it was all the way back to Nimrod. um, At the Tower of Babel. This is the same region. Okay. So we have um, verse 12. um, It says the leaves. Well let me read verse 11 again. The tree grew and was strong. And the height thereof reached unto heaven. And the sight thereof was to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much. And in it was meat for all. Remember that back in Genesis chapter 1? How these things were for, um, you know, for food. That's what that meat means. It's food. The beasts of the field "...had shadow under it, and the fowls of the heaven dwelt in the boughs thereof, and all flesh was fed of it. And in my, and in the visions of my head, and upon my bed, and behold, a watcher..." Okay, this is some kind of it, angel. "...and a holy one came down from heaven, and cried aloud, and said, Thus, Hew down the tree..." That's cut it down... Cut off its branches, shake off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. Let its beasts get away from underneath it and the fowls of the branch from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of its roots in the earth and even with the band of iron and brass and in the tender grass of the field, let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts in the grass and on the earth. All right, this, this latter part here is a uh, prophecy to uh, not only the Babylonian kingdom, which is going to end, but a personal prophecy to King Nebuchadnezzar that he's ba- actually going to go mad for a while with a very uh, unusual um, delusional disorder, uh, which came to pass like a year after this uh, dream and this vision. It was designed to, to humble uh, King Nebuchadnezzar and he didn't really listen to uh, Daniel's call to uh, repent and to, you know, treat the uh, poor and the widow and, and, you know, that this might be put off um, and you can read that further. But what I want you to see here is the Babylonian system, okay, which began in Genesis chapter 11. Okay, here we have uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. After you know the Babylonian Empire was established, they were taken over and conquered by the uh, Medes and Persians. So that uh, that empire that he had was cut down. Okay, the fruit and everything that they have here. The fruit, I believe, here is talking about the fruit of wickedness, the fruit of of the Babylonian priesthood and systems, the, the mother-daughter uh cult that um you know began back with Nimrod being killed and and his wife um you know coming up with the the, the, the Babylonian mystery religions began back, you know, there in Genesis chapter eleven. Continued in various forms all the way through the uh, Greco-Roman period, uh, the Medo-Persian period, and you found it in Egypt with uh, Isis and Osiris, I believe, um, and and going all the way up until and finding it even in, um, you know, even in the codified this pagan tradition all the way current in the um, Catholic Church with Mary, the mother of God, and the little baby Jesus. Now, we don't want to spend any time on this, but it's still here. And so this fruit has been scattered worldwide. And we see all the way back over in Revelation 18, this these these birds, okay, that we're here in in this uh, parable of the mustard. Uh, the, the herb bush here has become a tree. Which is really a grotesque um, enlargement of what it really is supposed to be. Because you'll find through the Bible. You'll see uh, references that the church is a. It's usually a small contingent. It's usually a, a remnant of people who are really. Uh, believers and it's usually a very small number and even when um, the Persians took over when Cyrus conquered uh, Babylon and he was so impressed with a, uh, a prophecy about himself that was found in the book of Isaiah and I believe if my memory serves me correctly that he was showed the scriptures about himself about Cyrus, about himself, that was written, you know, 100, 150 years before his um, career began. And what happened was he was so impressed with this that he allowed the Jews to go back and to rebuild their temple. Now, this was all part of the fulfillment of the um, the 70 years of desolation. That was prophesied by the the prophet Jeremiah that that was fulfilled, and now they were going to go back. and Nehemiah would go back later on and another uh, Persian king, and he would uh, repair the walls. And so we have here in Revelation chapter eighteen, we have this um, you know this Babylon, all the way over here, we had its beginnings in Genesis chapter eleven, and now we have another. You know, we still have Babylon to deal with deep into the tribulation period here in Revelation eighteen. We'll briefly touch on that. Revelation chapter eighteen, verse one. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. Sounds kind of like what was going on there in in. Uh, you know, Daniel chapter four, and the earth was lighted with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen. And you'll find this reference also in um, Isaiah and is become the habitation. Listen to this. This is our dirty birds, a habitation of devils in a hold of every foul spirit and a er- and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird, for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now that always means like a spiritual, um, you know, adultery in God's eyes. That these were causing people to worship idols, doctrines of demons, and so we see that the fowls here are, are that we find here in the parable of the mustard. Uh, tree is, is supposed to be just a small herb producing a a, um, a pungent um, strong um, spice, okay. But now it's become a tree, like this tree in Daniel chapter four, and we see it here in its final. Um, you know how the, the the fruit was scattered in Daniel chapter four. In king Nebuchadnezzar's dream and now we see that it again indeed has grown that that brass brand remember how in in King Nebuchadnezzar's dream they cut it down spread the fruit and the fowls of the air were scattered the beasts were scattered and these beasts and these fowls are now coming back to this Babylonian system because now this the system has grown up again okay and it is being ultimately dealt with again here by God in Revelation chapter 18. And so it says Revelation chapter 18 verse 3, for all nations have drunk the wine of her fornication, like we said that's the um you know the pagan spiritual practice and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. That means they're they're You know, you've heard the old phrase, they're in bed together. You know, politics makes strange uh, bedfellows. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundancy of her delicacies. And I heard another voice in heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you not partake of her sins, and you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she is rewarded you and double to her according to her works, and in the cup with which she hath filled to her filled to her double. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow. So this religious false Babylonian system has grown into this great tree, not as, you know, and this is where the kingdom now and dominion people think that they're going to populate the earth. The Lord's saying, no, this is a small, it's supposed to be small. And it's grown into this grotesque tree. And now it's become a habitation of every unclean and hateful bird. Doctrines of demons, right? As we read there in, um, you know, verse 2 of Revelation 18. and, And it says, you know, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and has become a habitation. Get this, this is a house. Okay, see these birds, these dirty birds dwelling in the branches, okay? Because birds don't, you don't see them hang out in bushes too often, okay? So we see here in also Daniel chapter 4 in Revelation 18. This, I submit to you, this parable of the mustard seed is not the church triumphant. It is not the church growing into this mighty thing and, and giving shade to the birds. These birds represent demons, doctrines of devils, which uh, the apostles warned us. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself warned us about the um, you know the deception of the last days. So these are doctrines of demons, as in First Timothy um, chapter four. We'll go ahead and we'll we'll read that. First Timothy. You know, most of the epistles that we have today, we got them because the apostles had to begin to uh, correct uh, false teaching that was already entering the church uh, by the time uh, you know they 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 were. There was no New Testament, so there was all this clarification on teaching because we had Gnostics and, you know, we had Judaizers who were the uh, primary uh, protagonists of the early church. And so a lot of the, uh, the New Testament was written to uh, clarify teaching and also to, um, you know, to reprove to rebuke and to refute and mostly to help us to grow up in the, the true faith. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now, listen to this. This is not as Kingdom Now Dominion Theology tries to uh, submit to us. Listen to this. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1, 1 Timothy. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now get this, this is religious people, okay? This Babylonian system, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry Commanding to abstain from meats, these are all religious practices and false acts of piety, okay? That people with religious, you know, pharisaical uh, attitudes try and enforce on people, you know, to promote uh, some kind of works-based religion, okay? Verse 4, and it says... For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, that's what we're doing here, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith. Remember how important we've been talking about faith? Of good doctrine where thou hadst attained but refuse, get this, refuse profane and old wives' fables, and, and exercise thyself rather unto godly, uh, unto godliness. All right, and then you know the Paul just keeps um, encouraging uh, young Timothy here. But what we want to, I guess, wrap up in this short, just little two verses. Okay. in in here is we wanted to just see this is we just don't see the the kingdom of God uh, as church triumphant like I've been saying over and over and over again here but I really want to drive this point home as we continue the other parables now let's go ahead after um, using those other uh, scriptures Daniel chapter 4 Revelation 18 in First uh, Timothy um, chapter 4 and also all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. Let's read it again now having had those uh, couple of things that we've talked about. Another parable he put forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a grain of a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least... Of all the seeds that's of the herbs okay this is a very small like pepper flake size seed okay among which is the greatest among the herbs which means it becomes the largest of the herb trees but something happens to this herb tree right and becometh a tree okay herbs don't become trees right So that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. And as we, I believe, we can see clearly from Daniel chapter 4, Revelation 18, that this this herb, okay, the church, the false apostate church, has become this grotesque, large organization, becoming man-centered, Man-centered gospel in having doctrines of demons, 1 Timothy chapter 4, okay, brought into the church and bringing the church, growing the church, yes, growing the church very large and as we saw here, grotesquely large to a point where demons uh, come in and start bringing their doctrines. But that's about all we have for today. I thought maybe we'd get two um, in. But next time we'll have to do the parable of the leaven. Now this also has a very similar type of uh, typology here. And we have a bunch of scriptures that we'll cover when we do uh, the parable of the leaven. Next time in Matthew chapter 13 verse 33 actually you know we have that one verse there but we also we're gonna uh unpack that and see what the doctrine of leaven is all about and it's not um the church is going to you know infiltrate the world and cause it to grow we'll see that this is again another reference of sin um demons <laughs> and treachery Uh, within the church like the uh, the enemy that came in and sowed tares among the field so we'll see the devil's at it again in our next session and uh, if you haven't uh, done so subscribe to uh, Amos 3 7 this winds of change uh, media session in our um, podcast directory in iTunes you can find all of this on our website our Facebook page And you'll find all that at www.amos37.com. That's A-M-O-S, the number's 37.com. And uh, and until next time, may God richly bless you as you continue to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until next time, my name's Keith McKenzie. This is Winds of Change. God bless you.